Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Welcome to Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. First off, we got a voicemail from my buddy John Allen Large over at Red Dice Diaries. Go ahead, John. Hi, Glenn. It's John from Red Dice Diaries. Just listening to your episode this morning about the weekly world news and using tabloid headlines to give you ideas and inspire you to create plots and stuff like that. I think it's a really great idea. I've done it with some sort of normal newspapers and uh, magazines. Like uh, I've got a subscription to the 14 times pretty much for that purpose, which is all about like bizarre and strange unexplained events. But I've just been having a look at weeklyworldnews.com, their website, and I can already see there's some great stuff on there. It's got a few ideas flowing. So I just wanted to say, Thanks very much for the episode and for sharing that great resource. Keep up the good work, dude, and I'll catch you soon. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, Weekly World News is a great resource. You said you describe you subscribe to Fortian News, Fortune. Um, I didn't quite catch that. Maybe you can drop a line somewhere, and I don't know. Anyway, I'll look for it. But thank you for that email. I appreciate it. Okay, this is going to be one of those frustrating episodes because I'm kind of kind of still sorting stuff out in my mind as I talk. I tend to do that a lot. And it looks like I'm going to drop some more acting stuff on you. Not so acting, but more like film stuff. Because I've been... I watched a really, really good documentary. I've got the Detour Criterion Collection edition, and they had an excellent, excellent documentary on there about Edgar G. Ulmer, the director who's directed some really good films. He started out in Universal. Well, he started out actually in Berlin, that European area. He, he was another one of those expatriate directors like Billy Wilder and actors like Bela Lugosi and Conrad Veidt and people like that. And he, he ended up on Poverty Row. Let me explain. He started out really good. Like he did... He did the Black Cat, the first version of the Black Cat at Universal, and it's really good. It's a Karloff and Lugosi film. Excellent. This guy really knows how to tell a story with a camera. And then he ended up in po- what they say called Poverty Row or Gower Gulch because it was on Gower Street. All these little bottom-of-the-barrel B-movie studios. And somebody refer- some people refer to him as King of the Bees because he could really take a B-movie and make it into something special. And they were talking about how he wanted to be a regular movie director, but he did the best he could. And he, you know, if you watch some of his older stuff like Bluebeard with John Carradine, things like that, that were done for like PR, a place called PRC, which was a poverty studio, like Monogram and Republic. And in fact, I think they were lower than that. Eagle Lions Studios, things like that. And he could as somebody said, he was really good at making, I think John Landis said, he was really good at making chicken salad out of chicken excrement, as you may say. And I feel the GM is kind of the same way. Think of him as a low-budget filmmaker, director. He's got to work with what he's got. He's got a re- If you've got a really good story, for one, you're, home, you're halfway home. 
if you've got great players, you're almost home. But it's what you do with the story. It's what you do with the play. Well, what the players do with you who help build the story. If you foster an atmosphere of cooperation and shared shared storytelling, then that's that's a good thing. That's that that'll that'll really make your story come alive. So that's pretty. I mean. People who could take nothing and make something out of it really have my respect. And I see a lot of that in role-playing games, in, in GMing. I don't have... Okay, first of all, let's take me an example. I don't have a whole lot of resources. I am. I do buy some resources like maps and mats. And, and I have tokens instead of miniatures and things like that. But I'm always looking for... To, to up my game, as it were. Up my up my resources but aside from that i know the resources aren't any good if you don't have the if you don't have the skill to use them it's like any art you can walk into michael's or hobby lobby or some other art store and you would see a plethora of paints and pens and papers and drawings and this and that and this and i even have a drawing board sitting out in the garage right now collecting dust because I don't have any room for it in the house. But that's beside the point. I could always draw the kitchen table. The point is, use your tool. If you if you don't know how to use your tools, nice tools ain't going to help you. You may have a fancy Dungeon Master screen. You may have really nice painted miniatures, maybe even pre-painted miniatures. You may have the best map in the world, four-color printed-out map, or even a really nice battle map that you can use. It ain't going to help you if you don't know how to use them. Know how to use your tools. And it's all about coming up with a good story. I may have, like I said, I may have the fanciest setup in the world with a, a big old big old, big old game table backlit from underneath with a projector and da-da-da-da. If my story sucks, nothing's going to help me. Nothing is going to help me. So you got to make sure you got a good story and use your story to the fullest advantage if you can. I mean, that's fun. I think it's funny coming from me who's a lazy dungeon master, but that's the whole point of having these shortcuts and things to make your story better. The less you have to do in one area, the more you can do in another. I mean, like I said, he they would they would uh, to get back to Edgar Ulmer, he did some schlock. He also did a lot of film noir. And film noir was great for a low-budget filmmaker because you can use things to disguise the fact that you don't have much money. You don't have much resources. You may not even have a set. Look at Orson Welles' later pictures. Look at look at his Othello. Look at his Hamlet. He filmed where he could with what he could, and sometimes there wasn't even sets. One thing that really fascinated me early on when I was a kid, I used to have cable, and this was like in the early primitive day, day, days of cable, and CBS had a cable network. I'll bet you didn't know that, CBS Cable. And it was on basic package, so we had it. And they showed a Royal Shakespeare Society, RSC version of, I believe... Was it Hamlet or Macbeth? I think it was Hamlet. I remember seeing Roger Rees in it. But the point is, they had no set. They had costumes. They had a few props around the stage. Say if it took place in the throne room, there'd be a throne. 
or something like that. But as far as like a few props and, and the costumes and a set piece, they had, they had nothing. And they told a riveting story. I mean, Hamlet's pretty riveting in itself. But they told this, they gave it their all, and that minimalist approach stuck with me ever since. So I don't, even though I try and on my game, I don't worry about having the best stuff. I want to tell a good story. And if I can do it with what I got, I'll do it. And if what I got gets in the way of that, I'll chuck it. For instance, when I go to when I go to conventions and I run a game, if I have a prepared game that's in the program, I will try and go a bit of the extra mile for stuff. Like audio visually, this last Mutant Future game I gave out New Orleans beads as a as a something they could wear. And, you know, little things like that. I think the, the, the year before, I also got like a, a small plastic container with like mustaches. And I think I've got a monocle in there and a pair of glasses and some cigars I made out of wooden dowels and fake cigarette. I call it my prop box. And I use it. And I also keep I also keep a roll of electrical tape there because I can cut the electrical tape and to and and trim it down and stick it on my face for like a mustache or a goatee or something like that. Anything that'll be a little bit more than what I usually do in my regular games, just because it's a convention game and they want to. I want to give them a little bit more for their money, and also I want to help the the buy-in i want to help the immersion factor at a con because i know at a con i may be i may be in a nice room i'm usually in a room with just one other table there which isn't always being used but that's the last few years that's because i've been associated with the royal dragoon guards i i have a place but usually at a convention if i go to another convention i may be in the middle of a like a big room like you know like an open gaming room so I got to do something a little more to help the immersion. So I do that, and the players like it. And I always usually have some kind of sound. I have a soundboard on my tablet that I load up with. I load my tablet up with sounds, and I custom make the soundboard for it. But here's the part where I'm talking about if it gets in the way. But my tablet has a very short battery span. It's a Samsung. It's an older Samsung. I do carry extra batteries with me, battery packs that are already charged, and I do that. But also, the Bluetooth speaker I use goes out, too, because it's also got a short battery span. If that goes out, or if it's in, in any way in the way of me telling the story, or, or us playing the game, I should say, making the story, I'll jettison it. I've done that like, say, an hour and a half, two hours into a game, uh, five-hour game. I'll just stop using it. And I will maybe, because I've also got sound effects on there, so I may just, like, forget the music and just use the sound effects on occasion in appropriate areas. This last game, Mutant Future, the, the speaker went out as usual because it was out of charge. And so I just used the tablet and its speaker, and all I was doing was playing a, a sound effect of a swamp. It was on loop, so I didn't have to worry about it. And they had other things like gunshots and other things like that that I could, I could do. Works really well for gangbusters. <laughs> but so 
there's that. And so, like I said, as a GM, you do what you can with what you got. And anybody, worth the, any GM worth their salt, can make it a compelling story with nothing but books, pencil, and paper. It's nice to go the extra mile. It's nice to have the other things because you've occasionally. But this is a this is for the this is this is mainly for the the guys who are just getting started. You can do a lot with a little. Read your books, make your stories, fill out your character sheets, do your NPCs, and just go. You want to do a little something extra with it? Me, me. Everybody has character sheets. That's my extra right there. A lot of times. But I want to make you. You want to make sure you can tell a good story with what you have. And believe me, what's in your brain is a lot more than what's sitting on the table. So remember that, and also, and always remember that the game happens at the table with other people. So I will leave you with leave you with that thought, and I'm going to go start my my day. <laughs> start my game, yeah. Start my day. And so if you want to talk to me about this, go ahead and talk to me at oldmangrognar.gmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Anchor. Yes, and we are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you can help this program out. I would thank you, and thank you to my supporters, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Mark, and Juan Carlos. And don't forget Mark C. Wallrings. Don't forget some Mark C. Wallrings podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. And today is the last day for the Survive This Vigilante City 2 Kickstarter. Today. get If you like a really good role-playing game, you want to get some more of those books, go to kickstarter.com. We also have a few days on the, on the Dungeons and Delvers Red Bot book. So if you want to get into a couple of good role-playing games, go to kickstarter.com, look for Dungeons and Delvers Red Book, look for Survive This Vigilante City 2. And, you know, show your support. Show your support. So says old man Grognard. And until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.